Amen, amen. Can you guys give it up for worship just one more time? Just thank you for these guys that they worked so hard. And that I love that song, Graves in the Gardens, uh, because when that first line hits, it's like everything in my life kind of hits back again, because that's my story. That's my testimony. I searched the world, right? But it couldn't fill me. The only thing that could fill me was Jesus and his word and his truth. And when I met Jesus, everything changed. I don't know about you. Uh, but that just that song reminds me of all of that, of everything that God has done. And he took my life, which was a mess, and turned it into a message. And uh, we've just seen him do some incredible things. And so today, if you're joining us for the first time, we are so glad that you are here because we're launching a brand new series in the book of Joshua. And the book of Joshua is in the Old Testament. And uh, we're going to see a lot of miraculous things happen and we're going to dive in and kind of pick this thing apart. But today we're going to be in Joshua chapter one, Joshua chapter one. If you have your Bibles, uh, if not, we're going to put it on the screens for you as well. Uh, and we're going to be in verses one through nine. So we'll be there in just a few moments. Uh, before we do that, I got a quick announcement, kind of a housekeeping thing that's coming up is we know it's fall season and school's getting ready to go back, right? Uh, well, that is true for USCB campus as well. And next Sunday is uh, their uh, move-in day. And so all the kids starting as early as 8 a.m., they're going to be here kind of, uh, the campus is going to be very, very busy. And so one of the small changes that we're going to be doing is uh, they're actually pushing everybody through the exit that's on the Savannah side, uh, the exit and entrance. And then we are going to park right here uh, I don't know if you've seen the fountain and whatnot. And so we're going to have guys there to help uh, usher you into the right spot. It's going to feel the same because there's going to be signs and people there to direct you the whole way. It's the only way you're going to be able to go. And then we'll, it's a short, nice, low country stroll just around the building and back into this front door here. Uh, it's about the same yeah, about the same distance, maybe even a little closer than the, the parking lot there on the side. So just keep an eye out for that. Just know that next week it's going to be a lot busier starting at 8 a.m. Uh, there's going to be kids on and off this campus, and uh, we see it as a great opportunity uh, to meet some new people, connect with the kids that are moving in. We're going to be helping with move-in day after church. Uh, we know the heat index is over 100, so we're going to try and uh, keep it cool and just help meet some new people as well. So, uh, But that just starts next week. Just keep an eye out for that, know that, and understand what's going on. Uh, I wanted to, I really felt led to move into the book of Joshua for a few different reasons. One is because we're going into a new season, right? We're going into this fall season. And with the fall season brings change, right? Things begin to shift and change a little bit. And depending on where you're at in the season of life, uh, it could be more significant or it could be about the same, whatever it may look like. But either way, I know in the low country, we really don't have a lot of seasonal change. You know, we kind of go straight from summer, boom, and all of a sudden it's winter. But uh, the, even the seasons begin to change, right? It's like God set it up to where things constantly change, right? And even for us as a church, God's been doing some really incredible things and he's really blessed us with growth. And so even as we look into this new year, I think God in the forefront is going to call us to make some shifts, make some changes, right? Uh, so that we can continue to reach more people for Christ. And so Joshua is a great book. And in every moment and season of change, 
We want to do it the way that God wants us to do it. Amen. Like we want to we want to follow and pursue God and one, do it in a healthy way, but also do it in a way to where it brings us closer to the Lord. Right. Because if change is going to happen inevitably and inevitably, I can't even talk this morning. If change is going to happen no matter what. There we go. If change is going to happen no matter what. See what I did there? How can we do it in a godly way? Not only in a godly way, but how can we grow in it as well? So let me pray for us, and then we're going to jump right in here this morning. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your power, God. Thank you for each and every soul that can hear the sound of my voice. God, I believe that you are stirring something up here in the low country. God, we've seen people come to know you over the last few months. We've seen people take faith steps, God. We've seen uh, people who have maybe even never opened up your word before are opening up and they are hungry for what your word has to say. God, and I just pray that we be a good steward of that, that we continue to take those faith steps, that we seek after your heart, that we want to be obedient to you, God. God, I pray that you do what only you can do. And that's change lives, change hearts, bring comfort, bring peace, bring joy, God, bring salvation to those who need it. Uh, we love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. So as we think about uh, navigating change, that's, that's the big idea here in Joshua chapter 1 is navigating change. How do we navigate that change? And if we think about our lives, you think about your life, I think about my life. Uh, it's made up of all of these. Some of them are small changes throughout my life. And then some of them are big changes, right? There are, there are moments and times in my life where something changed and my life was never the same again, right? It, it could be a positive change. I remember graduating from high school, right? In America, it's kind of a rite of passage where you finish high school and then you move. I moved out of the house and I never moved back into the house again. But it was a change where my life was never the same, right? I had to figure out how to pay bills and keep a budget and all of these different aspects of life. And, and that was a positive, right? Because we hope that everybody can do that. We want to raise kids that are independent, right? And who can fend for themselves and, and help others and whatever that may be. So the, the seasons and the change could be good, right? Maybe one day we decide, hey, I want to be healthy. I'm going to start going on walks. I'm going to eat, right? Whatever it is and my life was never the same after we made that small change and it could be positive but we know that sometimes change is not always positive sometimes there's hard change sometimes there's change that we can't control maybe a loss of a loved one I, I still remember the day that my grandfather passed away who was a father figure for me and I knew from that moment on my life would never be the same right I, I, we would have to learn how to navigate this new way of life. And the, the change could be a, a loss of a job. The change could be that uh, something is shifting in a couple of relationships that are in my life, right? And, and no matter if it's positive or if it's negative, the change happened and we couldn't stop it. So how do we navigate through the change so that we can still experience spiritual growth? So we can still see maybe a glimpse of what God is doing through all of that, right? And the reason why all of this is important for each and every person who's following God is so that we know and understand that God is the one who is going to lead us. He is the one that's going to navigate us. And if we've lived longer than probably 10 years old, maybe even younger, we know life 
is one, not fair, and life is going to change, right? Like we all experience these pieces. But even in the midst of all of that, God wants to show us a way forward. And in fact, if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down. If we allow God into our transitions, he will lead us into new areas of growth. I don't know if you've experienced this before, but you walk through that season of change, even in the moments where it was painful and it hurt and you didn't know what was going on. uh, You look back on your life and you go, wow, God really did something with my heart during that season. He really stretched something in me. He grew something in me and God began to work and he took exactly what we just sang about, right? He took what was horrible and he and he made something out of it, right? Only he can take a cross and turn it into a symbol of salvation, right? Like that's his specialty is taking something like that is hurtful and painful and he says, "I'm going to turn it around and give it a purpose. I'm going to turn it around to where joy can come out of it." Right? And God begins to direct us in that. And that's the season. And this is the moment where that God's people, this is the season that they're in. They're about to walk through a a massive change because we uh, just finished a series in Hebrews chapter 11 where we talked about this guy named Moses. And Moses was the man who God raised up, spoke to him through the burning bush and said, hey, I want you to go set my people free because they were held in captivity for over 400 something years to slavery. And they were being whipped and beaten and having to do all of these terrible things. And God said, hey, I want you to go free my people. And so Moses is so fascinating to see how God works, right? Because Moses grew up in the palace and then he ran away and then God says, I'm going to call you back to the palace, right? And God begins to use his past and he goes back and he works with Pharaoh and he and Aaron through all of these different sequence of events and plagues and all of these different pieces. And my mic keeps trying to run away from me. So I'm going to fix it one more time then I'm not going to touch it, okay? But as we begin to think about all of these pieces with Moses, He begins and we see him lead God's people out. We see the miraculous, how the Red Sea splits and they walk across on dry land and they lead them to safety. But then there there becomes this situation where uh, they start to complain and they're not fully trusting God yet. So God takes them through the wilderness, kind of this roundabout way to the promised land, the land that was promised to them that God was leading them to. And God begins to do something in his own people even though they haven't reached the promised land yet. And then we get to the moment where they're coming up to the promised land. I mean, imagine the same time, hundreds of years of captivity. And Moses led them out. They've seen God. Miraculous things. I mean, if we were to experience this, it would blow our minds. I mean, at night, there was this cloud that that guided them. Or at night, sorry, there was a pillar of fire that guided them. And during the day, they followed this cloud. Like all of these different things. I mean, he provided manna for them every single morning. Then they were like, I'm so tired of manna. I can't eat manna again. I've made manna bread and manna sandwiches and manna soup. And they began to plan. So God had all of these quail just drop down in front of them so they could have some meat to eat, right? God just continues to provide for them. But they continue to complain. I, when I read the Old Testament, I'm like, wow, this is me, right? Like, like I, I feel like me, I'm on fire for God and he shows up and he does something amazing. And then two weeks later, I'm like, God, where are you? Right? Like, what's happening? And that's what the Old Testament story is like. God shows up and saves his people. And then his people kind of start to forget after a little bit of time. And they start to complain again and ask for God for things. And then God shows up and provides for his people again. 
And then they kind of walk through this process over and over again. And they get to the land in which God had promised them. And God tells Moses, you're not going to be able to go into the promised land. In fact, I've prepared someone else to lead my people. In fact, it's your military leader who's already uh, in place. And he's one that has already gone before and he led all of these uh, military exploits. And he's been victorious in that already. In fact, he was one, if you remember the story where they send the two, the, the spies in and two of them came back and the rest of them were like, we can't do it. They're too big. This is too crazy. Uh, we just need to turn around and find some other place to live. Well, two of them come back. Joshua is one of them. And Joshua goes, hey, you're not going to believe this. Yeah, there's some giant people living there. Yeah, there's all of these things. But this is the land that's flowing with milk and honey. God's going to give us this land, right? And we see two different perspectives, right? Because Joshua was looking through the lens of what God had promised. And then God says, Moses, you're not going to be able to go into the promised land. In fact, I'm raising up a new leader, Joshua, who's going to take over. And this is the amazing thing, right? It's because, because I, I didn't expect to take this long on this, but it's, the story is so fascinating. But Moses had a part to play, right? I mean, he was raised in the palace and God raised him up to said, I want you to go back to the palace because you probably know how to talk to the Pharaoh, right? Like you've experienced this and you're going to lead my people through the wilderness. But then you're going to pass the baton onto a military leader because now you're going your, my people are going to face opposition and they need a military minded leader who is going to help them navigate through this change. And Moses could have been upset. He could have been mad. But instead, it's going, okay, God, I trust you. This new season calls for something new, God. And I'm going to trust that you're doing that. And we all have an amazing part to play, right? And then Joshua, can you imagine getting the call? Most people believe that the Israelites were at least a million people by now. A million people in the wilderness that he's getting ready to lead. And Moses turning to Joshua going, okay, you're up. You're going to lead God's people. And could you imagine, Josh, like, like a million? I don't know. I'm not sure I can do this. All of these questions begin to come into place. And that's where we pick up here in Joshua chapter 1. And we're going to read verses 1 through 9. Because I believe that God, right here in this first chapter, gives us some things that he tells and promises to Joshua that we can pull out of that. And it'll help us navigate the seasons of change in our life as well. So in Joshua chapter 1, everybody still doing okay? Very good. Uh, We're going to start here in verse 1. It says this, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. Here's where it starts right here. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on on land I have given you from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. 
Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the left or to the right. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. You you may sense a a theme or something that's happening here. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God starts it off right here. And he begins to call out Joshua. And he says, you're the next leader. And what I want you to understand, what I want you to realize, he starts here in verse 3. And the important thing for you and I, because we can read some of these verses in the Old Testament, but we got to read the verses in the Old Testament with the lens of the New Testament. We kind of have to take the New Testament and overlay it with the Old Testament, right? Because there's a new covenant, a new testament since Jesus has come. And some of these things are historical. Some of them are promises that are transferable over the New Testament. Some of the things Jesus fulfilled for us that we read in the Old Testament. So we have to overlay the New Testament with the Old Testament so that we can fully understand what God was doing uh, through the Old Testament. But there are some principles here that as we look through the lens of the New Testament that apply to you and I today as we navigate change. And the first thing that God does is that he uh, he reminds Joshua, he says, hey, this is what I want you to remember. In verse three, it says, I promise you What I promised Moses, wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. Right. He says, just as I promised Moses, I'm going to promise you, you and I, when we face a season of change, we have to allow the promises of God to guide us. Because in especially in the season of change, right, it it can be hard to know what's next because everything's changing. Right. It's like we turn onto a new road and it's like, oh, This road is new, right? Like, I've never been down this road before. I've never led this way before. I've never led my family through this change before. I've never been in this season of life before because it's all new. So what do I do? Where do I go? And God says, hey, allow my promises to be the road signs, right? Allow my promises to be the guideposts so that we know we're on the right track, right? To go, okay, God's promises say this. So I'm going to keep heading towards this. I'm going to keep heading towards that or right. Or, or maybe uh, we're in the low country. So maybe a, a sea illustration will help us. Right. The lighthouse in Harbor Town it, it's not really working anymore. But the lighthouses are always there on the coast. Why? To show people, hey, this is where you're going in the storms, in the in the night when you can't see. This is where you need to head. This is where you need to go. And God reminds them right now and he says, hey, these are the promises that they will guide us. And we see this same thing in the New Testament, right? In John chapter 14 and John chapter 16. What does Jesus tell the disciples? He says, hey, I'm getting ready to go and everything is going to change. (laughs) You're going to experience something that you've never experienced before in the history of humankind. That I'm going to die on the cross and three days later I'm going to rise, rise from the dead. And then I'm going to go back to heaven, right? And that can seem scary because I won't be here anymore. But Jesus leans in and he goes, you know what? It's actually better that I go because I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to send the advocate. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to dwell in each and every 
believer, right? We had the promise of the Holy Spirit. We also see that God, that through Christ, that because the Holy Spirit dwells in us, we have the promise that God will give us peace even through those moments of change, right? That even through those, that, that we can experience the circumstances that are going around, but God says, I'll give you peace while you walk through those circumstances. We see that the promise of seeking God first, and then that he says that he'll provide for us, right? I mean, imagine the, the Joshua trying to navigate this season of change and going, God, are you going to show up again? Are you going to provide again? Are you going to help us again? And God is saying, hey, remember, if you will seek me first, right? We see this in the Old Testament and New Testament. He's saying, I seek my kingdom first and my righteousness and all these things will be given unto you, right? He's saying there is a principle to seek after God. We see that God promises that he will work all things out for the good of those who love him. We see that God promises that God rewards those who seek him. We see that God says that I will answer prayer, right? It may not be the answer we want, right? But he says, I will answer prayer. Ask, seek, knock, right? He's like, seek after me. Pray to give me your request. Give me all of those things that you are carrying that are heavy and laden burden. I will give you rest. He gives us all of these promises. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, he says this, For all the promises of God find their yes in Him. That's a verse right there, right? Like this, what a, what a verse for you and I to keep in our pocket, right? When we feel insecure, when we don't know what road to take or what's going to happen next, we pull out one of God's promises because God already said what? There are his promises are already yes in him, right? For you and I, if there are his promises are yes in him, then you and I just need to know what the promises are and reorient our life around those promises, right? They're the guideposts for our lives of going, okay, God promised the Holy Spirit, and if he promised the Holy Spirit and he says, I will seek after him, then the Holy Spirit is going to guide me into all truth, right? And so if that's a promise that's already a yes, God, I need to know what to do in this next season. And God's promise is already yes, going, I will guide you. I will show you. I will reveal the truth in you and through you. It's going to be either through my word. It's going to be through godly community. And the Holy Spirit is going to give us a conviction of going, hey, this is the area you should go, right? Faith, walking by faith right? and not by sight. He gives us this wisdom and direction. And then over here in verse 5, he says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, right? You could see how somebody could take that verse a little bit out of context, right? In the Old Testament, right? Like, ooh, let's go take over every country, right? I could be a military leader and go, ooh, here we go. I could run for president. No one will be able to stand against us, right? But we got to overlay it with the New Testament of God going, hey, I'm not here for earthly kingdoms. I'm here for a heavenly kingdom. I'm here to push back darkness. And it doesn't matter what country is in effect, right? But what I want you to understand is there's a heavenly kingdom. We're trying to bring heaven here on earth. We're trying to show people the ways of the kingdom of heaven. He's saying, I'm showing you something that is generational. And then he continues, says, you will be able, no one will be able to stand against you. And here's why. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you. Or abandon you. The principle for you and I, our New Testament principle, is that you and I have the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. And that your presence is not just your presence. That's a good promise. That's the truth right there, right? To think about that. That your presence is not just your presence. 
when you and I get up from this place and we head out into the world and we go to bed tonight and we wake up again on Monday morning and then you walk into your neighborhood or you walk into work or you walk into your household, you're not the only one that walked into that place. The Holy Spirit walked with you. And look at this, look at this right here. It says in Romans chapter 15, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow, not just with hope, but confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Word also tells us that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells in us. Ephesians 1.13 says the Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation. When we give our lives to Christ, we receive God in us. And everywhere we go, every uh, dark place, every moment at work, every hospital room, every season of change right, that we walk through, it's not just us that's walking through there. It's the power of God dwelling in us is walking right with us, right? And we see the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. All of that God wants to produce in us. And everywhere we go, the Holy Spirit is going with us. I mean, he is dwelling in us. And that is a principle and that is a truth that I believe that if we as Christians can fully grasp this and remember it every single day, it will radically change our lives. Right. When I walk into my marriage, when I walk into that date, when I walk into the school, right, as a teenager, I'm heading into middle school, the, the, the same God. That raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. When you're trying to make a decision at school, the Holy Spirit's dwelling in you and He is guiding you into all truth. But the trick is, sometimes we think we know more than God. Have you ever experienced that before? You're like, oh, actually, I think this may be the better idea, right? Like, especially when our frontal lobe's not fully developed, you know, like, like all of these things. And I mean, even later in life, we re- we've been watching the Old Testament. We see it happen over and over again. Where God shows up and he says, hey, remember my promises. Remember I am with you. And they're like, ah, I think we know better, God. We're going to go this way or we're going to do this. We're going to say this, right? All of these different pieces, right? I mean, imagine this story. This is an incredible story right here in the Old Testament. Moses is leading God's people. He goes up to the mountain to talk to God. And within a few days, he comes back down the mountain. And guess what God's people are doing? They've constructed a golden calf. And they're dancing around it naked, praying to it. I mean, just within a few days, they're like, no, we think this is the right way. This is the right thing to do, right? And Moses comes down. He's furious. He's like, you better burn all of this. That's, that's one of the most hilarious stories to me, right? Like, it, it just reminds me of so many different pieces in life. But God is going, you've got to remember my promises. And allow them to be the guidepost that guide you. And as we're navigating change, we go, okay, I may not know all the answers. I may not know everything that's going to happen, but I know that God promises us this and we're going to keep moving towards his promise. We're going to keep moving towards his way and the way that God has called us to. And then we see here here in verse six. And I love this because God says this is where he begins to say over and over and over again. In verse six, he says, be strong. And courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. The most fascinating thing about these few verses 
is that God never points to Joshua's strengths. God doesn't go to Joshua and go, hey, remember this? You're such a good military leader. You're a great speaker. You can do all of this. You can do all... No, what does God do? God gives him a list of his promises, right? He gives, he goes, hey, remember, I am going to be with you. Remember what I did with the Israelites. Remember everything that I have done. What I need from you is to, to trust me in that. And this last little piece here of the three different things that you and I can do is allow God's faithfulness to give you confidence in his promises. Allow God's faithfulness I think sometimes we need to go back and just take inventory of how faithful God is, right? And we go back because it it is, especially in the seasons of change. It's easy to forget, right? It's easy to forget in the pain. It's easy to forget when it hurts. And God has to constantly remind us. And we go back and go, no, no, you are faithful, right? That's why I believe church is so important. We show up here on Sundays and we sing songs and we see other people who are following Christ. And we go, oh, yeah, I remember his story. I remember how God pulled him out of the trenches and saved him. I I remember how God saved their marriage. I remember how God worked in their kid's life. I remember how God worked in their life, right? And we're reminded of the promises and the goodness of God and and he's rich in mercy. And then when we open up God's word and we begin to read it we see story after story of God's faithfulness all through the New Testament all through the Old Testament all throughout scripture we were reminded of this and then God gets to the end of the list and he goes okay Joshua you've remembered my promises you know where I'm going right and he gives him this long list to remember the promises and then he goes I want you to do two things right Just two things. That's it. I love this. The simplicity of God. He's getting ready to lead millions of people. And he says, out of all, here's everything that I'm going to do. I'm going to be faithful. I've already given you promises. I'm going to keep showing up. But I need you to do two things, Joshua, as a leader. And those two things are, I need you to be strong and courageous. He says it over and over again. He's like, some days you're not going to feel like it. <laughs> some days you're going to be you're going to be uh, feel like you're not a great leader. You're going to feel like I can't lead my family anymore. I can't do this. I can't uh, I can't keep following after God. It's just too hard, right? Nobody around me is following after God. Nobody is making the same decisions that God's word says, right? It's just too hard. It's too difficult. But God goes, hey, I want you to be strong and courageous. And I want you to remember how I've been faithful and allow that to give you confidence in the seasons where you feel like you can't do it anymore. In the seasons where everything is changing, but fall back to my God is faithful. Fall back to his promises are already yes and amen, right? Fall back to what God's word says, right? All of these different pieces happen over and over again. And God is saying, I want you to be strong and courageous. Almost, I want you to be bold in this, right? And I believe that God is calling Joshua because he's leading all these people. But I believe God is also leaning in and looking at us as New Testament Christians going, hey, I know that you may be the only one at work, but I want you to be strong and courageous in the Lord, right? Like in the Lord, those are the key terms, right? I don't want you to go and be boastful going, "Woo! I memorized 12 scriptures today. All of you suckers. Ha ha. What are you doing? Right? Like I'm not boasting in who I am, not boasting what I've done, but what I'm doing, I am being confident in the Lord. 
I am being confident in His promises, right? I can be confident in that He will give me peace in this season. I can be confident that He will still change lives and stir souls, right? And see people come to know Him. I still believe all of those promises that God will guide us into all of those truths. God's going, I need you to be confident in it. I need you to be strong. I need you to be courageous. Not by willpower, but allow God's word to give us the fuel for that. And then he says this. And this is what it is. He says, I want you to be careful to obey all that God says, right? That you and I, he says, be careful to obey. And he uses this word. I want you to meditate, right? Day and night. Meditate day and night on my word. He calls it the book of the law because that's all they had during that time. He says, meditate on the book of the law. It says day and night. I want you just to ponder it. Think about it. The word meditate, if you kind of look at the original language, uh, it really means to like chew on it, to just constantly begin to think about it. And it's on my mind. It's on my heart. When I wake up in the morning, I'm grabbing one of God's promises or a piece of his scripture. And I'm thinking about it throughout the day. And as I'm trying to lead my family, right, how where am I leading them? Towards God's promises, Right. If I'm at work and I have a decision to make, what decision do I need to lean towards? Towards God's promises, right? And God says, I, I need you to be strong and courageous, and I need you to be obedient. <laughs> I love that because then he's like, I'll take care of everything else. <laughs> I'll take care of everything else. So all of these things that are before you, all of these people, I just need you to do exactly what I say. And if you'll do exactly what I say, and you'll be strong and courageous, you may look a little silly at first, but then when I show up, people are like, oh, that's what you were doing. Oh, that's what God was doing, right? Like all of these different pieces. And God gives us this. I, somebody called me just this week and said, hey, uh, I got this decision to make it work. I'm not real sure. And some things are going on that I don't think that, I need to do or maybe even against God's word. And I'm just not sure they kind of went through this list. And I was like, well, it kind of sounds like you already know what you should do, but you're just you're trying to search for what that answer may be. And I said, look, the only thing I can tell you is there's this quote by Charles Stanley and it's applied more than times than I can count in my life. And he says this, that your responsibility, my responsibility or your job or my job is to be obedient to God. And to trust him with the consequences. Right? It, it's, it's so simple. But it's not so easy. Right? It, it, it sounds so simple. But if I can take off the part of the equation that is the consequences part. That what's going to happen. And I just go, you know what? My job is to be obedient. Okay, God. And this decision, I may not know everything, but everything's changing, everything's shifting. I'm going to be obedient to what your word says, and I'm just going to follow you, and then I'm going to trust that you're going to show up. I'm going to trust. Why am I going to trust? Because you've been faithful through all of these other promises. You keep showing up over and over again in all of these promises, God. So I'm just going to keep trusting you. And we see this amazing thing begin to happen because he gives you and I, and he gives Joshua, this promise, and he says, obedience leads to godly success and disobedience will lead to defeat. He tells Joshua that, right? He says, obedience will lead to godly success and disobedience will lead to defeat. And there's this situation that you and I face each and every day and we have to put the godly success on there because if I just say success, you'll be like, sweet, I'm getting rich. And if I do this, if I follow God's word, he's going to answer every prayer that I want and give me everything that I want, right? But we got to be careful there because I'm being obedient to God. 
And he may change the time scale, right? He may change the expectations. We don't know what's going to happen in a year, six months, tomorrow, or three months from now. But God says, hey, if you'll be obedient to me today, I'll take care of tomorrow. And doesn't, doesn't that set us free? I mean, doesn't that just, like when I say that, I just feel like a weight comes off my shoulder. God just needs you to be obedient today. Let tomorrow take care of itself. God needs you to need your heart today. He needs you to lead out of obedience today. He needs you to be strong and courageous today, right? And then he says, let me take care of tomorrow. Let me take care of the consequences. Let me take care of everything that is way down the road. I want you to focus on me and seeking after me. Meditate on my word. Right? I love this. I'm just going to read this again because I think it's, it's hard to hear sometimes. It says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, what two words, right? Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. And godly success is different, right? Because you and I know people with a lot of money who are miserable, right? Uh, You and I know people who have the amazing boats and the big houses and all of these things, right? That on this earth, we think we know CEOs and presidents of companies who go home to an empty house And when their head hits the pillow at night of going, God, this can't be it. Right? Because there's this idea of worldly success. And there's this idea of godly success. And God's not saying money's bad or those things are bad. But God is saying, I want your heart. Right? God is saying, I want to change you from the inside out. I want to change you and get you to the place just like the Apostle Paul says. He says, hey, I've been poor. And I've had a lot of money before. And in both circumstances, God has taught me how to be content, right? God has taught me that I don't need all of that stuff for joy, peace, happiness, and and all of this. God is saying, I want that to flow through you no matter where you are, what situation you're in, no matter if your whole life is changing, right? He's saying, I want you to depend on me and what your word says. And my hope, my prayer is that you and I can get to the place where we go, you know what, God? I just need to be obedient today. And maybe you're in a season of change and you're like, whew, I don't know what a year from now is going to look like. In fact, I have no clue. In fact, I have a lot of anxiety and worry about what it's going to look like. And my prayer is that today you walk out of this place a little lighter. Going, God, you have a year from now. You have tomorrow. God, I'm going to focus on being obedient today. And I'm going to trust you. Why? Because you're with me. Why? Because you're faithful. And you've shown me over and over again how you've been faithful. And so I want to pray and just ask God to continue to speak to our hearts. And that maybe uh, through today that God has reminded us in Scripture of His goodness and His faithfulness. And any time in Scripture when we're facing a mountain that is so insurmountable, when we're facing something that we know we can't sustain, God always redirects our attention away, even away from the mountain and back on Him, right? Because God is saying, hey, don't tell me how big the mountain is, right? Tell the mountain how big our God is, how faithful our God is, how strong our God is, right? All of these different pieces, we see God continues to show up over and over again in Scripture, we just cling and allow those promises to guide us.
So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness, God. It's your goodness that we cling to, God. God, let us hold this reverent, holy awe. This holy, reverent fear, God. That you are so big. That when there was nothing, you spoke. And things came into existence, God. God, we read stories over and over again. How there was no way out. And yet you made a way, God. God, we see how you took just this humble group of 12 people that grew into a hundred and something, God, and then continued to grow to where your story spread all over the world where 2,000 something years later, God, you're still calling us to that story. God, and maybe there are some people in this room or listening online and life is just heavy right now. God, I pray that we will cling to your promise that you says that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And we can take that off of our shoulders and we can lay it at your feet, God. God, I pray that you would set us free to the point where we say that all you need from us is to be obedient today. Remind us of that, God. Every single day, we are trusting you with tomorrow. We are trusting you with the consequences. We are trusting you with our whole future, God. Because we know you're faithful. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Let's stand and worship together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.